Welcome to the Apricity Podcast. It is a beautiful Monday morning. It's the last day of February and the sunlight is peeking through my windows right now. I am feeling the last of that warmth of the sun in the winter. Today, I'm going to be talking about my mental health journey. This is a topic I've been putting off for a while because there's so many layers to my healing journey, but I'm going to do my best to just walk you guys through it, walk you through the things that have really helped me taking antidepressants, my experience with that, coming off of them, and I've been off of them for five years now. And I just want to say that it wasn't a black and white journey. It wasn't one day I was sad and then now I'm healed. I still have sad days. I still get in anxiety loops, but my relationship to my depression and anxiety has changed dramatically. I don't wake up and wish the world away like I used to. I am thankful to feel so tapped into all the earthly pleasures and each day is a new gift and journey. That's just kind of where I'm at now. I will start with what I think kind of triggered my depression. When I was 11 years old, I was in a pretty severe accident. Without getting too much into it, I was told by the doctor that if I would have been older, when it happened, then I would have never walked again. I spent a few months in the hospital, which was where I developed my deep love for books and reading and storytelling. I would write stories while in a morphine hallucination. I entered middle school that fall. It was also the time I was relearning how to walk even though I couldn't really process what had happened to me because I was so young, I definitely had a little bit of a existential crisis. My mental health was not in the best place at that time, but I didn't really get it. I sought control in any area I could, probably because I felt so out of control in my body. Control to some extent is an illusion. I believe we can create our realities from perspective, belief, and thought alone. I don't think life is something that just happens to you. At the same time though, we are co-creators with the universe. We can't control everything that happens to us. At 13, I didn't understand that. I sought control by limiting my food intake, trying to heal from my injury faster than my body was ready, and I began to see my physical vessel as my enemy. The more I tried to control my life, the more out of control I spiraled. It's true what they say about the body keeping the score, because the more discipline and control I practiced, the deeper I sank into my depression. I began feeling this really heavy weight on my shoulders as I went about life each day. This was around the time I was 13. I continued to try to be normal, to get back to normal. I practiced control when I needed surrender. And at the time, I didn't know that discipline and self-love could coexist peacefully. I didn't understand that masculine energy, the structure, the presence, the outcome, assertion could coexist with the feminine, the feeling, receptiveness, living for joy. 
I was living from a highly wounded, masculine, energy-oriented place. I thought that vulnerability was weakness. I sought control in any area possible. My depression started out as a disinterest in life. I remember I went to the movies and I went with a group of people. We were seeing a comedy and they were laughing and enjoying the candy and snacks we bought and I remember just sitting there and feeling so incredibly empty. I felt so alone. I didn't know how to tell anyone what I was feeling and what I was thinking. I stopped seeing the magic of everyday life. It was almost like all the color in the world had been sucked out of it and everything was gray. I stopped going to school. I stopped wanting to eat. I stopped wanting to be around people that I loved. And the only place I felt like anyone talked about their sadness was Tumblr and in movies where it was very romanticized. And so I began to romanticize my sadness. My parents finally didn't really know what to do. So I saw a psychiatrist because at this point I began to sleep my life away and I was a child essentially. I was only 14. I started taking antidepressants in hopes that I would start functioning again. I remember sitting on the therapist's big leather couch and staring at the tree outside the window. When I started attending therapy, it was full of green leaves. Then the leaves turned yellow and they fell off. Eventually it bloomed in the spring. I remember watching this tree shift with the rhythm of seasons. I felt like the world around me was continuing to go on just like this tree changing and growing and shedding and I just sat still in my sadness. I felt like a bystander who was stagnant in my sadness and my world just was not changing. I wasn't receptive to therapy at all. I think that I was so young I didn't even know really how to talk about things and I'm a huge believer in therapy. It really helped me in my mental health journey and I wish that it was something everyone had the privilege to have access to and at the time I just wasn't ready to talk about things. I tried to go to multiple different therapists. It's like dating, finding the right therapist. I just never connected to any of them. Things didn't really get much better but I was able to start functioning a little bit just because I was on antidepressants. This is where I point out that although antidepressants didn't make me feel better, they got me to a level of functioning. At 14, I got the opportunity to attend an alternative boarding school in the mountains of Colorado for a year. My dad had gone to boarding school there. It was such a cool school. It was wildly different than my prior public school education. We were required to go on outdoors trips, do service learning, like building fences. There were pigs that we had to take care of. And I really just got my hands dirty. And so I felt like I was really connecting with my child self when doing these things. Even though it wasn't a therapeutic boarding school, it was therapeutic for me. I had struggled in school immensely up until this point. I would get lost daydreaming in class. I failed most standardized tests in the realms of math. I just wanted to write and read and create. This school valued artistic abilities 
equally to critical thinking and standardized testing abilities. Prior to attending this school, I always felt like I was too much or not enough. I always thought I felt things too heavily. I felt like this world we live in was not made for highly sensitive people. And here, I felt like my abilities were of value. I was encouraged to write creatively. I took a music class. I began to just play the piano. Not very well, but it felt good. (laughs) And I was just making art for the sake of enjoying expression and not expecting a really strict outcome. Every Sunday, I would go to the pottery studio at my school and just make ceramic creations with my hands and listen to whatever music was inspiring me. And I felt like I was able to channel my emotions into these different art forms. My school offered a minimalist backpacking trip in the four corners of Colorado, New Mexico, Utah, and Arizona. So I signed up for it. We were only allowed to wear the clothes on our back, no hairbrush, no toothpaste, just the essentials. I carried my sleeping bag and a portion of dried foods for our group that we would eat over the next few days, and that was it. And that was it. No phone, no, just me, the clothes on my back, and nature. We crawled through the alleyways of canyons, and my hands shook the entire time as I walked along the cliff of Red Rock. I had never even been camping before. I'd never gone backpacking. I remember on the first day, we discovered that the river we'd expected to get water from had dried up. I'd been walking all day. I was extremely dehydrated from the October desert sun. I laid on my back, stared at the sky, dizzy, As my purification tablets sat in the water, I was waiting for it to be clean enough to drink, I realized that I'd never taken a moment to be thankful for the things I was privileged to have every single day. As I used leaves for toilet paper, fell asleep on hard rock in my sleeping bag, no tent or anything, I realized I didn't take time to just sit in gratitude for the things I had every day, a roof over my head, drinking water, a bed to sleep in. That would be a lesson that I would carry with me for the rest of my life until now. That was my first dose of gratitude. That is one of the first things I turn to on my depressive days. I look at what is in front of me, what is going well, what do I have? And almost every day now, I will write in my journal what I'm grateful for. And if I don't write it down, I will make a mental checklist. I will just think, okay, I love the fuzzy blanket at the end of my bed that I cuddle with every night. I love having my hot cup of coffee every morning. The smell of chocolate chip cookies. I will get down to the most simple things that I think we take granted for. There is so much magic in everyday life. There is so much beauty all around us. And that was when I realized, again, this theme of coexistence, that I can feel sad and still be grateful. I can feel heavy and still recognize the beauty. I kind of see that as the time where life began to have a little bit more color again. And as we continued on this trip, 
We walked deep into nature with truly no signs of civilization nearby. The trail we were supposed to go on had gotten destroyed by the natural elements and we started to pave a trail for ourselves. I felt so much anxiety. I questioned what if we don't make it back safely. I was pushing through branches where my legs were getting cut up because there was just no trail for us to walk on. And I knew that this was not a character building moment that my school had planned for me. This was, oh, something actually went wrong in our plan and now we just kind of have to figure it out. So we didn't have an endless ration of food or water and And it had been days since I'd seen anyone outside of our group. I was just wrapped in self-doubt and fear. And so I just spent my time in my head worrying and contemplating. And finally, I got to a point where I realized that the fear was only creating more pain. And that got me to another really important lesson that I still carry with me constantly. Surrender. Surrendering to my current circumstances and making peace with what is. Feelings of discomfort and pain would pass through and I began to just be an observer of my thoughts, my feelings, and they would come and then they would go. This was when I realized that I am not my feelings. I was in a situation where I couldn't act on how I was feeling. I had to stick through the trip even though it was uncomfortable and just do the hard thing. And I talk about this a lot, doing hard things in the moment to make your life easier in the long run. I got to spend a lot of time just disconnected from the world, which I think everyone needs to do at some point. I think everyone needs to put their phone away for a week and just be with nature. I think humans forget a lot of the time that we are nature. We are a part of nature. We are not separate from nature. On that trip, I felt the interconnectedness of everything. I am within the trees. I am within the river. Nature knows that the greatest growth comes from rest and it allows the rising and the falling and the ebbs and the flows. Trees get sick and they don't judge themselves for being sick. And I think that a lot of pain in the human experience comes from us thinking that we are greater than nature. I started to feel a little bit better in Colorado, but I was still struggling with a dysregulated autoimmune disease and my health was not in the place it needed to be. I came home to LA, came back to public school and my depression spiraled. I was on a heavy dose of antidepressants and anxiety medication. It helped me function day to day but I went back to therapy. I did some heavy processing for a few years. Finally I found a therapist that was a good fit for me. She used to always tell me, feel it to heal it. My therapist encouraged me to do things that made me feel inspired and good every day. So I started going for walks by the ocean. And that was the promise I made to myself. No matter how sad I am, no matter how heavy it feels, I am going to go walk by the ocean or in nature. I grew up in Southern California, so it was pretty close by to my house. And I really did feel better when I was by the ocean. My therapist encouraged me to do things that made me feel inspired and good every day. And I think this is something that a lot of people need to hear. 
self-improvement and self-love are not always the same thing. Me going for walks every day by the ocean was a radical form of self-love. It was the feminine energy. And at this time, I think I hadn't really learned how to implement the divine masculine, the doing things with presence. One day my walks turned into runs and before I knew it, I was taking my healing into my own hands. I kind of see these things as tools in my mental health toolbox for when I was having hard days. I also had begun to implement meditation. I just did guided meditations on the app Calm because I had pretty severe anxiety and would have horrible panic attacks. Meditation was kind of my first taste of mindfulness practices. I'd always go into the meditation feeling like my heart was about to beat out of my chest. Sitting down when you're in the middle of a panic attack and breathing is the most uncomfortable and painful thing to do, but I'd always come out on the other side feeling a little bit better. I focused on what was within my power, which was my breath. Pranayama, the practice of breath regulation, is truly the biggest game changer in my anxiety journey. Just recognizing that I'm anxious, saying, okay, I'm anxious right now, and not being mad at myself about it, not judging myself, and just doing different breathwork exercises. There were so many things that helped me, like progressive muscle relaxation, doing box breathing. There's so many different methods to breathwork. It was so uncomfortable at first, but I would do the hard thing in the moment to make my life easier in the future, and this theme of doing the hard thing to make my life easier became the biggest theme in my life now still. I have had to learn that compassion and discipline can coexist. Again, that feminine and that masculine. And I think that building confidence is a big part of working through depressive days, doing hard things that make you feel good, celebrating the small wins, being proud of yourself, going on a run instead of scrolling on TikTok for hours, but also making yourself a nourishing meal after. The feminine and the masculine energies tapping into whichever one I truly needed. I felt better when I concentrated on what I could change. I could change my habits and ways of being to live a more fulfilling life. At 17, I would sit in the poetry section at Barnes and Noble and I would just spend days reading poetry there. That was what made me happy. I struggled with my relationship with food. One of the biggest healing modalities for that was learning to turn food into something that was exciting to me. So I tried cooking and baking and I loved it. My therapist helped me recognize that I was highly sensitive and creative. I was very challenged by societal norms. She gave me books on spirituality. I started out with the book, The Four Agreements, then expanded to so many books in the spirituality realm. I began to question my own beliefs, the systems in place around me, and I became a sponge to learning new ways of existing and thinking. At 18, I decided I needed a radical change. I wanted to go to college. I wanted to fall in love. I wanted to experience life. And I felt like I was ready to come off of my medication. 
Einstein said that insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And throughout high school, I'd felt like I'd done that. I felt like I'd missed out on my own life because I was numbed out on medication. I kind of felt like my life was passing me by. I felt like my medication was holding me back from the greatest joy of life, which is feeling. I want to be clear that I'm a huge advocate for people being on medication if needed. There was a time period where medication saved my life, but at that point, it felt like a band-aid. While on it, I didn't feel like I was able to heal what was underneath. And again, this is just my experience, not shaming anyone on medication. I think it is such a helpful thing for so many people, but that just wasn't my story. I was ready to come off of it. I'd been reading and listening to a lot of podcasts on how to heal mental health through diet and exercise. I also was trying to learn about healing my hormone imbalances by different holistic practices. And the more I learned, the more I realized that everything was so interconnected. The heart, the brain, the mind, the body, the spirit. And I began to use food as a form of medicine to heal it all. The gut-brain connection fascinated me and eating food from the earth to lower inflammation to eat for gut health these were things that my doctors had never told me to do i was never told to use food as a form of medicine and i was amazed because with time it began to work for me and i'm not talking about losing weight going on a calorie deficit i mean eating the rainbow prioritizing proper hydration taking supplements that support my mental health I then tapered off my medication after I built a little bit more confidence with my diet and my exercise routine and my mental health toolbox. As I came off, I began to have panic attacks, feel a lot of sadness again. Every time I wanted to take my medication again, because trust me, it was incredibly hard. I did have withdrawals. It was so scary going from feeling nothing to feeling everything, even though I tapered off of it. I took tons of herbal supplements and vitamins to help my mental health, recommended by my doctor. Ashwagandha, ginger, lion's mane, chaga, reishi, omega-3s, a probiotic every day, magnesium, and CBD for my anxiety. My time and energy became very precious. I did anything and everything that would protect my peace, and I just trusted the process. I allowed myself to cry in the shower at 3 a.m. and held myself as I struggled with sleep paralysis. I just kept reminding myself that I was going to protect myself. I was going to help myself no matter what. I had the support of my therapist. At the time, I didn't have a ton of friends I could talk to about what I was going through, but even just being in the presence of my friends was so helpful. Just being around people that truly cared about me. I channeled my sadness into creative endeavors. I honored the ebbs and flows of my feelings. I began to see life like the seasons of nature, knowing that not every season of life is a season of growth. Some are shedding, some are the death, some are the rebirth. Nature doesn't question if it's good or bad. It just is. I began to see my feelings the same way, just 
feeling. They were something to be honored, something to be taken care of, but also not something that could destroy me. Belief plays a huge role in healing. Believing you're capable, believing you can create a new reality for yourself. I truly believe that I would feel better and eventually I did and it took me years and there were different layers of feeling better. That's what I think is so beautiful about healing. There's no starting and end point. It's a continual process. So many different layers unfolded. I learned that I didn't have to be so rigid with what I ate. I didn't have to eat the rainbow every single day. I could have pancakes if that was what I was craving. I could go out dancing with my friends and get a few drinks. That's where I talk about this balance of the feminine and the masculine, the living in accordance with the seasons. I want to do a whole episode on those two things, but perspective is everything. And I now try to just look at life with this awe and gratitude like a child does finding the things that make everyday magic the range of colors in the sunrise the blessing to be in person in classes looking into someone else's eyes because when we were online for a few years i didn't have that feeling your feet sink into the sand everyday magic Since I've come off of the medication, there have been so many other avenues of healing. I learned about acupuncture. I learned about the importance of spending time with a community. But honestly, I think the biggest thing was learning to live in a flow state, flowing with the ups and downs of life because I know that I'm going to face more hard things in my life, honoring that and knowing that there are ups and downs. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I am at Sion Camille on socials. I hope you have a beautiful day, night, wherever you are. Love your friend Sion.